This is a Poets and Writers page one author reading. To hear more, visit us at pw.org forward slash multimedia or at soundcloud.com forward slash poets and writers. There are two types of devil's call. One in which you cannot bring yourself to leave the room, much less the bed, to do the simplest things. And the other in which you go through the motions in a constant stupor. Patsy lies in bed, turned away from the dark, heavy thing that has returned, its shadow dimming the room. With the cover over her head, she closes her eyes, not wanting to see it. God knows how long she has gone without eating. She could die, she knows, though death doesn't seem that scary after all. Not as scary as the dark thing. Here in America, there are no bush teas for it. No bitter mix of ram goat roses, rosemary, lemongrass, bissy, and other herbs. No pasta to come with a bottle of sanctified olive oil. No neighbor from the country who can wring the neck of a goat and sever it with a machete for you to bathe in its blood. No time to lie down and let it run its course. She's powerless against it. The real hell is allowing this place to eat you alive, Fiona says to Patsy when she notices that she has been lying in the same spot on the bed inside their studio from sunup till sundown. How many rotations has the sun gone through since Patsy climbed in the bed that night after seeing Cicely? She slips in and out of sleep. She wakes to Fiona shaking her. Patsy! 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 It reminds Patsy of her daughter's voice. How it would pull Patsy from the lips of a deep sleep. Here, she's in the midst of it, hating it, terrified of it. And yet, her only thought is of true. During those years, it was the anticipation of going to America to see Cicely that had kept Patsy alive. But what is keeping her alive now? Where will she find the strength that would protect her from the spells? How can she live knowing that she lost Cicely to her American dream? It's then that what Fiona had said about not having the luxury of choosing love makes sense to Patsy. That's what it all comes down to, choice. When has she ever been given a choice? Never. She has never given the choice to say no the first time her legs were pried open. Never given a choice to rid her body of the grievance she had carried for nine months. Never given a choice to look at another woman and allow herself to be carried by the feeling without blood, bright red on glistening glass, sticking to her like shadow. And now, now the promise of life comes with accepting the fact that she will never have a choice. Come, let's go, Fiona says. I told Alan he was coming in tonight, that he was running a high fever, but that you're all right now. You want to get fired? I can't, Patsy tells her. What do you mean you can't? Fiona sits on the bed, her weight pressing down on the mattress. She puts her arms around Patsy. You've been like this for a week. 
This is not a place to feel sorry for yourself, you hear? I can't take this. Can't take what? Come. You must push through whatever, you go, whatever you're going through. We're in this together. I'm sure you didn't come to this country to die. There's a difference between wanting to die and not wanting to live. Patsy doubts she can explain this to anyone. She's tired of dealing with the dark thing mocking her as a nameless, faceless interloper on foreign soil. Before, it had mocked her as a helpless secretary trapped inside a cubicle, an unwilling mother with no way out but inside her dreams. Patsy cannot afford to go back to that either. She wishes to confide this to Fiona, but it would be one less hassle if she can make Fiona go away and leave her alone. So when Fiona tugs the sheet from Patsy, Patsy delivers the blow. I had sex with Alric. A hush falls inside the room when Fiona steps back. As she glances up at Fiona, Patsy sees the vulnerability there in her eyes, the exposed vein in her neck. All that is preventing Patsy now from pulling the blade with her tongue, telling Fiona how Alric had pressed her up against the wall right there where she stands looking down on her and fucked her good and hard is the pity she sees on Fiona's face. Patsy expects her to lash out, hit her, tell her to leave, but she doesn't. Then quietly, shamefully, Patsy says, I'm sorry. Fiona only laughs, clasping her hands together to cup her mouth. It sounds genuine, like that of a woman who has known every secret there is to know and has pitied the person thinking she could be so naive. Patsy stares at her, puzzled at the sight of the tearful gratitude her confession has brought to, to her roommate. The dark cluster breaks and falls apart in her panic. Girl, please, Fiona says. Is that why you sit down on yourself? That man would screw anything in a dress. That's just how they are, especially Caribbean man. Don't you know that? Your men especially. Child, please. So you knew? Patsy asks. No, but I know his dick and what it's capable of. And you okay with it? Look here. I judge the penis different from the man. Why hate a man for his faults? Who, who he loves and who he fucks are separate. We've been friends for longer than we've been lovers. That's the only thing keeping us together. Comfort. I'm glad you told me. I consider you as a friend too. I know this might sound foolish, but in weakness don't make him a bad person. Neither does yours. When you fall in love with your best friend, it's different. You accept everything about them. The good, the bad, and the downright ugly. Sitting back down on the bed, Fiona strokes Patsy's arm. Maybe you should talk to somebody. Somebody like who? Fiona shrugs. Someone you can confide in. Someone who can help you. Like a professional. Because rather than watch you do such a piss poor job at slowly killing yourself, I'd rather kill you myself, she jokes. I just... Patsy's voice trails. Who hasn't thought about giving up? Fiona asks, reading her mind. This place don't make it easy for us. It's like walking upon hot coal. At least in sleep, we can dream. 
But the weirdest thing about life is that it's only understood backward. You never know what's at the end of this tunnel waiting for you, sweetheart. Now come get dressed. We got life to live and rent to pay.